You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Manchester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. The title of my message today is, is my, it's my life message. And it's called Finding Freedom. And uh, I, found, I found my freedom 31 years ago. And God touched my life. I came out of a very, very, very rough background, brokenness. And I'll talk about that a little, a little bit. And, you know, I was, uh, when we, when we uh, you know, got saved, sometimes people say, hey, you know, um, uh, you know, don't go back with your old friends and, that never happened to me because my old friends, when they found out I was serving God, literally told me, you, you just stay there. You just keep serving God because they didn't, want, they didn't want me around because I was that bad. So no one ever tried to take me back to the world. They said, you stay in that Christian program. You're, you're good right there. Just, you'll go ahead and stay there. Uh, but I, I thank God that it doesn't, doesn't matter where we've come from. doesn't matter where we've been. It doesn't matter how far we've fallen. God has the power to build back up, restore, and heal. Amen and amen and amen. So, uh, so I came from a, a drug addicted background. I was a drug dealer. I was a violently arrogant man. I really had no hope. Um, you know, I was, I was about 13 years old. I wanted to commit suicide. I didn't, uh, but I wanted to. I was afraid that I would, you know, go to hell. So I didn't do it. But I, I, I knew enough about God as I shouldn't do that. But I, I, I wanted to take my life because I was no, I had no hope. And, but thank God that God is not intimidated by our hopelessness. He's not intimidated by our failure. He's not intimidated by our abuse. He's not intimidated by our brokenness. He says, come just like you are. Didn't, don't, and sometimes I think we, we, sometimes not here audacious, but sometimes in the church world, we tell people, get cleaned up, get fixed up, get better, and then come to Christ. No, you need to come to Jesus Christ just the way you are, and he'll fix you and heal you while you're on your journey. Can I get an amen? How many believe that? I believe that. So, I'm going to give you five, if I, if I can, I'm going to give you five things that I learned on my journey of freedom. And the first thing I learned, uh, and the scripture we'll go with, is Revelation 12, 11. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Holy Spirit, bless this time today. They overcame him, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And really, it's not even their testimony. It's God's testimony. And that's why I encourage people all the time, never be ashamed of your testimony. You know, sometimes I, in the past, I didn't want to share my story and I don't want to really tell too much, but God really dealt with me. He's like, you need to share your story because somebody needs to hear it. Somebody is where you came from and your testimony is going to bring them out of it. Your story is important. Your story is valuable. Uh, no matter what your testimony is, uh, Pastor Glenn gave us testimony of he served God all of his life. He even went through bullying and all these kind of things, but God brought him through. That's his testimony, and he needs to share that because that's going to inspire hope. It's going to inspire faith. It's going to cause somebody to believe they can come through or serve God all of their life. Others' testimonies are like mine. Other testimonies are different, but it's your testimony. It's really God's testimony. It's the testimony of Jesus, and somebody needs to hear your story. Somebody needs to hear you testify of the goodness and of the mercy and of the faithfulness of Almighty God. Somebody say amen to that. So the first thing I learned uh, I want to talk to you about is God is my father. See, when I was a little boy, uh, about six, seven years old, um, my dad was shipped off to the war 
and he didn't come back the same. So my mom and dad divorced, and uh, about uh, six or seven years old, uh, they were separate, and so I would go with my father on the weekends uh, to the ranch. Back then, we had a big ranch, and we would go there, and then on the weekdays, I'd be with my mom going to to school. But one day, my dad dropped us off during the Christmas time, and I remember, because it was kind of unusual. It was like he knew what was going to happen. I'm sure he knew. Of course he knew, but... He dropped me off with all these presents, an unusual amount of presents. I was so happy about it. Um, and then uh, the week came for him to pick me up on the weekend, but he didn't, he didn't show up that weekend. And then I was, I was waiting there with my little backpack, waiting for dad to show up. He didn't show up. Then I waited a second weekend, and he didn't show up again. And then a third weekend, he didn't show up. Finally, my mom built the courage to say, he never even called. I'm 49 now. He still hasn't called. And, and I love my dad, and I still do. Uh, but that broke my heart. That made me bitter, uh, and that made me confused. And unless you've been through that, I'm I'm not sure you're going to understand what I'm going to say, but if you've been through something like this, you understand exactly what I'm going to say. Something breaks in you. Something shatters in you. That's what the Bible calls a broken heart. And something shattered in me. And I turned to my stepfather uh, to to raise me, to be my dad, to be my father figure, but he was a very abusive man, And, and he would just abuse me every single day. And so I grew up with an orphan spirit, uh, a trust issues. Uh, I, 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 I grew up with the mentality, trust no man. And so I was very, very, very uh, uh, bitter, very hurt, very, very like an, I was just an orphan. And so those things led to, I think, very bad behavior. So I ended up a drug addict. I ended up selling drugs. I ended up a terrible, terrible person. And, but the truth was I was broken. That's why you never want to judge Come on, somebody. You never want to judge somebody based on what they look like until you know their story. Amen. Amen. Because some people would have looked at me on the outside and said this, you know, I was 14 years old being shipped off to prison. This guy's a loser. This guy's a failure. This guy's a criminal. And they'd be right. But you didn't know the story. You have to know the story. And as the church of Jesus Christ, we have to embrace people's story. And we have to encourage people to come like you are. I don't know why the Holy Spirit's saying this, but maybe you're here today and you feel awkward in here. Maybe you're visiting for the first time. Maybe you feel like, I don't even belong here. Yes, you do belong here. And you're not here by accident. The Holy Spirit brought you here. You're in a place of safety. And God's going to set you free today in Jesus' name. Come on, give God a shout of praise like we have a Father in heaven and holy is his name. So, so one thing led to another. Everything kind of spiraled in my life out of control. And it was like six in the morning one day and the DEA, that's, the, that's like a police kind of uh, officers came in they, 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 for arrest warrant for me. They took me out from my home uh, and then I was arrested on a, some embezzlement charge. I was looking at about 15 years in, in prison. And then while I was there, the police raided my mother's home looking for me. It was about 18 cop cars. It was a helicopter. It was very embarrassing for my mother. And, uh, and, at, and, and, it, and at that time, my mom started going to church. She left my, my stepdad. She remarried. She married a man of God. He's now what we call Pastor Dwayne in our church. Come on. And he's my dad. Amen. So I don't believe in stepdad. You either is or you is not my dad. Amen. And so, but, but at that time, you know, they were just together. And, and all of a sudden, they're going to Bible college. They're serving God and and then the cops show up, rip the door off, and they're looking for Jason. And they got guns on them. They're on the floor because they said, I sold drugs to an undercover cop. That's what they said. Come on. <laughs> but, but they didn't find any drugs. I was, 
because they were gone. There was no drugs. No, I was, uh, I was, I was already in jail. But something happened there, and this is not in my notes, but this is powerful for a parent right now, because while they were on the floor, uh, being raided, they didn't do anything wrong. They were going to Bible college. They were preparing for ministry. They were serving God. How many know sometimes when you're believing God for something and you're standing on his word, sometimes all hell can break loose. That's not the time to be intimidated. That's not the time to doubt God. That's not the time to let go of your confession. That's the time to stand your ground and decree and declare the word of the Lord and say what God said about your circumstance despite what it looks like, despite what it feels like, despite what it sounds like, for the just shall live by faith. And the Bible said we walk by faith and not by sight. Come on and give God a praise. And we're not going to allow the intimidation of the fear to rob us of what God promised. If God said it, he'll bring it to pass. If God told you, he's going to do it. He's not a man that he should lie. He's a God of truth. And the truth brings freedom into every situation. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but you stand on that word, you don't give up on that word, and that word shall come to pass. Heaven and earth may pass away, but the word of the Lord shall remain forever. So, so my mom grabs my dad by the hand, tears in her eye. Come on, you can have faith in your heart and tears in your eyes. And she decreed and declared with all that going on, all my children shall be taught by the Lord and great will be the peace of my children and they shall be brought home from distant lands. I believe something broke that day. The enemy was trying to intimidate. The enemy was trying to bully. The enemy was trying to say, this is never going to happen. But she said, I'm going to agree with God. And my dad said, I'm going to agree with God. And something broke in the spirit. And two weeks later, two weeks later, I came to Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you right now, before the breakthrough, sometimes the enemy starts coming against you and there's manifestation. Sometimes in our church, we cast out demons. Yes, we do. And we don't make a big deal out of it. We don't talk to demons. We don't say, you know, what's your last name? And who's your Thea? And who's your Theo? And we're, no, we don't even know that. It's come out. That's all we need to say. Amen. But sometimes you say come out and they, you know, they, they, they do this big show. Like, <laughs> and I say, you know what? We're not doing all that. Take that. Take him in the back. Cast that devil out. We're not giving the devil no show. Because that show is to intimidate people, to get you focused on all their, ah, no, no, we're not moved by all that. That's why Jesus would rebuke them. That Jesus would say, shut up and be quiet and come out. Because we're not dealing with all that. And that's what happens when the devil's about to come out of your circumstance. He starts like, hey, what about this? And what about that? He's like, shut up and come out. I'm not moved by that. You're coming out whether you like it or not. You're coming out. You're coming out. You're coming out. Somebody ought to shout in here. Hmm. Glory to God. If you're going to give God a praise, and give him a praise like there's a breakthrough. Glory to God. Glory to God. So, so it, it was wild what happened. Right after that, within 24 hours, they let me out of jail, which was unbelievable because they had all the evidence on me. And it was, it was like a, it was a sealed case. It was done. And they had all the evidence, but they just let me out. And when I, and I, I was two in the morning, they let me out and don't judge me, you know, cause sometimes people hear my story and they're like, oh, he's a terrible person. I was a terrible person. I'm a good person now. Amen. How many know Jesus can make a terrible person into a good person? Amen. So they let me out at two in the morning. And so I didn't have no money. So I took a taxi. And if you're a taxi driver, don't get offended at me. But I took a taxi. And right when I got home, I had no money. So right when we got home, when we hit the red light, I jumped off and ran because I had no money. And so I get home and I'm there and 
I'm feeling real guilty, you know, because, you know, they raided my mom's home. The door's ripped off still, and, and I'm there, and, and uh, she wakes up in the morning. She looks at me, and I thought, oh, man, I, I'm going to get it. You know, she's going to yell at me, like, what are you doing? I was, like, I, was ready, I was ready for it, like, okay, here we go. I got to humble myself because I've done wrong, and I've embarrassed my mom, you know. So she looks at me. She goes, you know, son, uh, there's, gonna be, <laughs> there's, a, there's a concert I want to invite you to. Normally, I would say, I ain't going to no concert. And then, but, you know, they raided her house, so she leveraged it. She kind of manipulated me into Jesus, but it's okay. So she said, uh, you know, there's a concert, and uh, I, want, I want you to go with me. And I'm like, uh, okay. She's like, and I said, okay, I'll go with you, Mom. She didn't say Christian, because I would have never went to no Christian concert. And then she goes, and I said, Mom, will there be, like, a lot of lights and, and the lights and stuff? She said, oh, a lot of lights. I think she read my mind, because I used to like to take acid, so... Uh, again, there you go judging me. Look at, look at this. See, you see, you see. I know there's a few old hippies here. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, so, so, uh, and so, and so, and so, and so, I go to the concert. I take some acid, and I got this uh, wild girl with me, and she's on acid, and we're there, and we're tripping on acid. Like, oh, this is, oh, this is awesome, huh? Invite me to another concert. And I'm like, do, 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 do. And they're singing, and there's lights, and there's band. And so, wow, I, I don't hear anything. I just, I'm frying on acid. And then the guy comes up. He's like the preacher. And all of a sudden, he starts bringing, like, like demons on the stage. Like, uh, like, like, like big fake demons. You know, like, like ones that like a, a murder, or not murder, but anger. And all these things, like demons on stage. And he's beating them up with his guitar. And then I'm like on acid going, oh, man, this is weird, bro. Like, whoa, whoa. And they're like, their face, and I'm on acid going, whoa, this is not good. This is, you're killing my buzz. What's going on? And then they're like, eh. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a minute, this, this is weird. And then he starts like preaching about Jesus. And the next thing you know, it, something just radically changed my life. Out of nowhere, like liquid love just came all over me. From the top of my head to the tips of my toes. And I sobered up like in a blink of an eye. I just, as sober as, as sober as you can be. I'd never been that sober. And it scared me and it shocked me because you can't get sober that fast on LSD. It takes 24 hours. It was a miracle had happened. And then I felt the love of the Father come through me. And I knew at that moment my life would never, my life would never be the same. Because what I had been looking for in drugs and all the wild partying and the living and the power lifestyle, what I was looking for, I found in that moment. And they said before the altar call was done, I got out of my chair, I ran to the front, and there some, some old white-haired ladies pulled me in the back, circled me like jumping me in a gang, and they started speaking in crazy tongues. I was like, whoa, and they started casting devils out of me, and I was never the same, because that day I met the father of all fathers. My own daddy didn't want my own. I never, I never cried ever. I cry a lot now, but I'm not sad. My cries, these are not tears of sadness. These are tears of brokenness. These are, these are tears of gratitude because when my own father didn't want me, the Lord took me in and I don't know who you are today, but you may have had issues with your father or maybe your father has gone on to be with the Lord. But the Bible says when your father and mother abandon you, the Lord will hold you close. 
You don't need to worry about tomorrow. Jesus said, don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about what you're going to drink. Just seek first the kingdom of your father, and your father is going to take care of, take care of everything. Your father is going to turn the situation around. Your father is going to make a way where there's no way. Your father is going to provide for you and your family because there is a father in heaven, and holy is his name. Let his kingdom come. Let his will be done on earth like it is in heaven. If you're going to give him praise, give him praise like he's worthy of it. Give him praise like he's your Abba. Give him praise. He's like he's your daddy. He's a father to the fatherless. That changed my life forever. And I built that relationship with him. He's not just my God. He's my dad. He's my daddy. And he's the best daddy anyone could ever have. And who are you today? Maybe I feel this in my heart. There's a hole in your heart in this area. And because of it, you've looked for love in all the wrong places. You found yourself in places you didn't want to be. Some of you even found yourself in abusive relationships, being taken advantage of, manipulated, talked down to. But I break that off your life today. You ain't going back to Lodabar. You ain't going back to that well. Your time at that well has come to an end. You have a father now, and everything's about to shift, and everything's about to change, and everything's about to be broken off your life. The days of you being manipulated and controlled and abused are over. I'm talking to somebody right now. I've come on an assignment from God to break that Pharaoh in your life. Somebody give God a shout like he is a dad, a father to the fatherless. Second thing I learned, I, I remember going to church, and to me it was all just kind of different, weird. Was, first of all, I, 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 I would never go to church. The only time I'd go to, I knew about God. I, I, when I was young, they took me to church, so I gave my life to the Lord, but I backslid. So really, when, when it came to church, it was more like we would drive by the church, and we were more Catholic in, in the sense where we would just kind of go like, you know, like that when we drove by the church. That was all the church I knew. So we'd be partying, listening, like back then in the 90s, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, drinking beer and driving and smoking weed. Ah. And then we'd drive by the church, we'd put the music down, put the beer down. We were real like emotional with it. Come on, somebody. And then we, but that was all the church I knew. And I used to always laugh, like, when I go to church, it's going to fall down. <laughs> but it didn't fall down. And when I finally went to church, it was actually a warehouse. It was an old warehouse. And I thought, what kind of church is this? This is a warehouse. What is all this? And I was like, I was kind of tripping out and everything. And, but I was already born again, so I kind of was open. I was receiving. I was listening. And then my pastor preached a message that changed my life forever. He preached out of Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. And a lot of people think that's a cliche, but not for me. And the point was this. He preached. He said, he said I know the plans I have for you. I said, plans? What are you talking about, plans? God has plans? Yeah. And I'm thinking in my mind, well, my, I feel cursed. I don't feel like God has any good plans. Maybe there are plans to hurt me, plans to abuse me. No, I have plans, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, plans to give you a hope, plans to give you a future. I said, you got to be kidding me. You're telling me that the almighty God has a plan for my life? I didn't believe it at first. It was like the woman with the issue of blood. You know, when you go through so much in life, it's hard to hope. It's hard to believe. It's hard to aspire. But I dared to believe. I said, you know what? If the pastor's preaching it, if it's in the Bible, I went in the Bible and I read it. I said, it says right there, God has a plan for my life. I said, God, if you have a plan for my life and it's good and it's not for evil to give me a hope and a future, plans to prosper my life, then you know what? I'm going to go ahead and believe that. I'm going to believe like you have a plan for my life. And that changed my life. And God did have a plan for my life. 
And part of that plan was you, me ministering to you. Part of that plan was me helping people all over the world. And I want to tell you that God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life. God has an assignment for your life. And you want to go after God like you've never gone after God because God knows his plans for your life. It's one thing to go to people to discover the God's plan. But I've learned you got to go after God and you got to seek God with all your heart and go after God with all your soul because nobody knows you like God because he created you in your mother's womb. He formed you in your mother's womb. He knows your gift. He knows your makeup. He knows your talent. He knows your past. And he, he declares that I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Somebody clap like God has a mighty plan for your life. Paul said it this way. I press on to take hold of the reason Jesus took hold of me. And I, I like to do this everywhere I go. I think this is kind of a cool thing, make you, help you not to forget it. Just grab hold of your neighbor's hand real hard. Yeah, and don't let it go. Now try to pull it away. And just tell them, you can't pull it away. You're not doing it. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> Wow. Okay. All right. Let's try it again. Grab hold of your neighbor and just, and just don't let him let go. Just tell him, I just got a hold of you. And tell him, that's what God did for you. He got a hold of you. And Paul said, I want to know why he got a hold of me. What was the reason he got a hold of me? So, so many people say, well, I found the Lord. No, you did not find the Lord. The Lord was never lost. The Lord found you in the nightclub, at the bar, Come on, somebody, at the school, the Lord found you. Why did he find you? Because the Lord say, I have a plan for her. I have a purpose for her. I have an agenda for him. I have a design for him. I've created him for this time, like Esther, called by God into the kingdom for such a, somebody ought to clap, somebody ought to shout, somebody ought to praise, like God got a hold of you for a reason. But it brings me to this. Paul said, he got a hold of me, but I, in order to get a hold of what God has for my life, I have to forget what's behind me. I got to reach forward to what's ahead. That brings me to my third point. I learned when, how I got my freedom and discovered my freedom. I realized that God doesn't just save us, but he also delivers us. And that's the power. Uh, and it might get a little quiet in here, but that's okay. It's, it's supposed to. This is powerful what I'm going to say. But God uh, gives us the power and the ability uh, to forgive others and to forgive ourselves. It says that the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to announce the release and pardon and forgiveness and to set free those who are oppressed, those downtrodden, bruised, and crushed by tragedy. You see, I was victimized. I didn't choose to be walked out on. I didn't choose to be an orphan. I didn't choose to be abandoned. I didn't choose to be abused every day. That's not, that wasn't my, I wasn't, I didn't choose to be bullied by my brother, my stepbrother. I didn't choose to be, to be, to be abused by my stepsister. I didn't, I didn't choose that. That was done to me, but I had to make a choice if I was going to go forward in life. Was I going to forget what was behind me in order to reach forward to what's ahead? Or am I going to allow the, the, the label of victim to hold me in my pain? That's a choice that must be made. And that's a choice that everybody must be made. Especially those of you who've been through abuse, those of you who've been victimized, you have to make a decision. Are you going to be a victim? Are you going to let somebody label you victim? Or are you going to receive the, the label of heaven, which is more than a conqueror? I'm not a victim. I'm victorious. 
Have I been victimized? Yes. Am I a victim? No. My testimony was I was victimized, but I'm not a victim anymore. I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who, come on, who made me a new creation. Somebody ought to give God praise like you refuse to allow the enemy to label me. You're not going to hold me in the pain of my past. You're not going to tell me I am what I went through. You're not going to tell me I am my failure. You're not going to tell me I am my abuse. I am what God said I am, whether you like it or not, devil. Somebody shout amen. That's a choice, not an easy choice, not a popular choice all the time, but it is a choice. And so I had to go through the season of letting things go. You know, the Bible says, don't let any root of bitterness in your life, lest it spring up corrupt many. God had this beautiful wife for me. God had three beautiful children for me. God wanted to trust me with a revival in a city. They say, you can't have revival. God wanted me to minister to beautiful people like you. But if I was bitter, I couldn't be trusted. Because somebody who's bitter affects everybody. Because as they open their mouth and they speak and they gossip and they talk, they spread their, their bitterness to everybody. It's like a disease. It's like a cancer. It spreads everywhere. Those people have to be isolated. They can't be trusted. So God knew that he had a plan and a purpose to release me to the masses, to release me into destiny. But I couldn't go forward with the pain of my past. I had to confront my devil. I had to confront that demon. I had to confront that abuse. It, was, it wasn't easy. And because of it, I, 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 I developed early on in my life a anger. It was not a normal anger. I'm talking to somebody right now. Lord have mercy. My God. It wasn't a normal anger. It wasn't just a resentment. It was a rage. And I, 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 as far back as I could remember since I was young, I found myself fighting all the time. I mean, we, we, would, we would go out, you know, every night and drink and party, but it was drink, party, and fight. That's all we knew. That's, I mean, if you looked at me wrong, I, I'd fight you. I remember one time, it was like, what, six, 16 gang members jumped me one time, and, and I, I, I bit one guy in the face. Don't judge me. <laughs> I, was, I was like a madman of... Ooh. Like the madman of the Gadarenes. But God is rich in mercy. When I came to the Lord, the Lord told me, you, you can never backslide. You will die. You are on borrowed time. And I used to get mad and angry. And then I came to the Lord and I didn't want to be like that no more. I wanted to change. Mm -mm. And uh, I was in a recovery program. And in this recovery program, you know, there was a lot of guys there. So it would get tense sometimes. 47 men recovering from drugs from a broken past. It's a wild place. <laughs> We love Jesus, but we were all still a little wild. And uh, one time, the pastor's brother, he was in recovery with us, and he, he just hauled off and started cussing me out. Bleep, 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 bleep. What'd he say? No, never mind. And it, and it got me mad. And, 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 you know, normally somebody will cuss you out. Nowadays, you're supposed to be, you know, you're supposed to restrain. You say, okay, maybe you had a bad day, and okay, whatever. But instead of saying anything, I just hit him right in the face. 
don't judge me. <laughs> I hit him. And he went right through the window. And he shattered the glass. And I'm thinking, okay, this is it. This is going to come through. He's going to be ripped up. I'm going to prison. Um, you know, I'm gonna my bag's right there, ready to go. I'm going to Mexico because I ain't going to jail. That's what you do in L.A. Come on, somebody. You go to Mexico. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So, uh, but miraculously, not, not a scratch on his face where he went through the glass. Nothing. Not even a scratch. It was like God protected him. On this side where I hit him, it was red because he probably deserved it. No, I'm just kidding. But... But the next thing I did was I, I, I realized something's wrong with me. So I ran into the bathroom and I started sobbing. And I said, God, why, why do, what's wrong with me? I speak in tongues. I go to church. I'm trying to change. Why do I still get angry and hit people? It's not, it's, nothing's wrong with me. And so I sat in front of our director and he says, you know, I got to kick you out. And the Holy Spirit said, you can't kick him out. If you do, he'll die. It was, it was true because uh, the gang at that time, which was not a gang, was like the overseer of the gangs. They put a, a green light on my life, which is a hit. So if I, if I would have left, that would have been it for me. That would have been, been, been it. But, you know, he had to punish me, so he did. So he said, I can't kick you out. The Holy Spirit is saying, he goes, I've never done this in all my years of ministry. Uh, he was actually the founder of the, of the uh, Mongol gang. He said, I've never done this in all my ministry, but I'm going to give you a chance. I have to give you a chance. I said, thank you, sir. He said, but I'm going to punish you. I said, okay, what does that mean? He goes, you're going to do dishes uh, for 30 days for these 47 men. And it wasn't like, you know, dishwasher dishes. You know, now you tell the kids, do the dishes, and they do the dishes, and they put them in the dishwasher. No, no, no. This was old school, like, army dishes. Come on. This is like 47 men, big pans, and I'm scrubbing, and I'm sweating, and, and I'm getting mad. And it's getting like 12 o'clock at night, and it's cold, and I'm scrubbing, and the devil's lying to me. Look at you, look at you, look at you. And then this brother comes up. He's a Christian brother. He's a leader. But, you know, he's an antagonistic kind of leader. He likes to act like he's the Holy Spirit. You ever met those kind of guys? And he comes up, and he's a big guy. He's got this big booty, and he's kind of rolling up. And he's just, like, kind of arrogant, you know? Just kind of like that attitude makes you want to hit him. No, I'm just kidding. So he, he comes up, and he, like, he goes, how you doing, brother? And then I felt the Mexican tapatio, the chili sauce come. I said, I said, I grabbed the pan. I said, count all joy, brother. And he goes, whoa, 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 because I was going to hit him. And then he said something that changed my life. He said, Jason, don't worry about the dishes. I'll get somebody to do that. You need to go in that room, and you need to forgive your father. And when he said that, it was like, I said this earlier, but Who've ever seen Kung Fu Panda? And they go, tung, tung, tung. And he go, that's what it was like. He went, tung, tung, tung. And it just like, the, the whole room started spinning because I was getting delivered. And then I went into that room and I, and I collapsed. And I started crying. I said, Father, I, uh, I forgive my dad uh, for leaving me. Uh, and, I, and I let it out. And then the stepdad came up. And that was not easy. But it was like God was saying, it's not even about him right now. It's about you. Because when you hold on to anger, you feel like you have control. No one's going to hurt me again. But the truth is, anger has control of you. And I let it go. And then my stepbrother for all the bullying. And then my stepsister. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And it kind of boggled my mind. He said, you need to forgive your mother. 
And I said, my mom, my mom's like precious to me. But as a kid, my mind, she picked my stepfather over me. And we would leave him, but he'd show back up. It was like a nightmare, really. But what I didn't know, he would put the 357 Magnum in her mouth and say, if you ever leave me, I'll blow your head off. Even if she tried to go to church, if you go to church, I'll blow your head off. And so she was a victim too. And so she stayed, but I was bitter at her for that. I forgave my mom. And then I began to go down the list. I forgave the X and the O's, and I forgave and let it go. And it was hours I was there letting it go. And some of you are going to need to do what I'm saying now by yourself tonight. You're going to need to spend time because it's going to take some time for you. But you let it go. And I said by name, and I, and I released it. And I went to bed that night. I slept like a baby. And the next morning I woke up, and the craziest thing happened. I saw color for the first time. I could see your yellow jacket, your pretty red shirt there, all the, the green and the red you're wearing. I could see the green. I could see color. I was a Christian. I was a tongue talker, but I was still in bondage. But when I forgave, the enemy had to let me go. I got free, and I'm never going back, and I'll never go back again. Somebody give God a praise. This is powerful. Come on, this is powerful. No, give God praise because somebody is about to get free today. Somebody's about to get delivered. Now, because of time, I don't have time to go over more points. So I'm going to ask everybody, if you can, please stand on your feet because we're going to pray for people now. I wish I had more time, but tonight, maybe I'll pick this up again. How many would like to hear more about some of these things? That I think it's a blessing. And the book will really help you too. We go into detail on it, but I want to talk to somebody right now. Um, I was with my good friend, Sammy Rodriguez. It was like a, a Christian TBN program. And I, I, I was giving this testimony, and Sammy, Sammy said, Jason, it's, it's like this. He's like, it's like a jar. Say there's a cap on a jar like this, you know. And uh, he's like, he goes, obviously as a Christian, you can't be like demon-possessed or anything. But it was like, it was like, it was like a jar, and, and the devil had a foothold in your life because of that unforgiveness. And he, and he was able to stay in your life. But the moment you forgave... It was like he had no more power. That's exactly what it was like. The moment he forgave, I forgave, he lost all his power. And I was free. And for the first time in my life, it was amazing. I saw color. And then I heard like birds. And, and it was like amazing. I heard birds. Like, it was like I was living in a dark darkness. Some of you are there right now. And you wonder what's, what it is. It's because you've been victimized. You've been abused. And you didn't choose it. Nobody chooses that. Like, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. But it happened. Now I have to make a choice. Do I let it go? And go forward and answer the call of God? Or hold on to it and be resentful and bitter and it affect all my relationships and develop trust issues where I can't trust anybody? I refuse to live like that. And I pray you refuse to live like that. And it may be a challenge to let it go, let me encourage you. If I could do it, you could do it. For my Bible says you and I can do all things through Jesus Christ that gives us the strength. You can let it go and you can walk away from that and step into your destiny. You're calling. You're precious in the eyes of God. You're a son. You're his daughter. He died for you. And the last thing I had to let go was my own sin. Things that I did in my past that I wasn't proud of. Things that people I heard, the lifestyle I lived. God told me clearly, if you don't let me forgive all your sin, I can't forgive none of your sin. 
Either I'm Lord of all or I'm not Lord at all. And so I let it go. And the devil would bring it back in my mind and say, what about this? I said, devil, you're a liar. That's why it's important you get water baptized. Because that's that point where you say, devil, I left it in the water. That's God's path. And I ain't picking that back up. Come on, say amen to that. I said, say amen to that. And I let it go and I walked away from it. And I've never been the same, ever. And sometimes, you know, as Christians, some know we can make mistakes as Christians. But what do you do when you make a mistake? You do the same thing. You confess your sin to God and he'll forgive you and he'll cleanse you. You don't walk in shame. Don't walk in condemnation. Jesus died on the cross to set you free. I declare shame off of you, guilt off of you, condemnation off of you. It's a new season. You're a new creation. The old things are passed away and all things become new. Come on, somebody give God one more praise in here. We're gonna, we're gonna pray real quick because I'm out of time, but I love you, I do. And just hear my heart. You're not a victim. Don't let them label you. You've been through hell. You've been through the fire, but you're a survivor and you survive for a reason. Don't let the enemy drag you back into what you came from. There's a future, there's a hope, there's a calling, there's an assignment. I know the plans. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to give you a hope. Plans to prosper you. Plans to give you a future. Would you lift your hands to heaven and say, Lord, I release, I release, I release, I release. Go ahead and lift your voice to heaven. We're going to break chains today. Lord, I release, I release, I release myself. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to cleanse me. I release those who hurt me. I release. I release. Just lift your hands. Come on. All over the room. Lift your hands and close your eyes. The spirit of freedom is here. To break. To break. To break every chain. To break every chain. To break every chain. Father, I forgive. Father, I release. Thank you for listening to this audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online, every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. 